Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here at the Bright Red Desk in New York City on this beautiful Sunday. It's a little overcast right now. Supposedly some rain is arriving, but it is still a Sunday in April, and you know that whole thing about April showers. They bring the May flowers, so I'm totally cool with some April showers here in New York. Um, and we're here for the weekly weather of 414. Tomorrow is tax day. Hope you've been working on your taxes this weekend. It is a Leo moon, uh, and it's a nice productive moon that we're working with right now, so that's kind of fun. Um, and this week has separating moons, a lot of ending energy, departing energy, breaking apart things, and it also has a lot of planetary activity. Mercury is finally, finally going to leave Neptune's land of Pisces and emerge into Aries, which makes him, okay, like I am done being foggy, I'm done being unclear, I am on the road, I'm doing stuff, I'm taking off. Of course, he is still acting with a, answering to a Mars and Gemini, so he's going to be a little more sharp-tongued when he shifts signs and goes into Aries. And then later in the week, Venus leaves her sign in Pisces, which she kind of likes, and she goes into Aries too, just in time for the, uh, you know, just in time for the full moon that we're going to have in the, at the end of the month, at the end of the, uh, the end of the week, she's still going to be in Pisces for the full moon in Libra, but then she dips into Aries just as the sun goes into Taurus. So it's a week with a lot of activity. And she's going to be, you know, kind of culminating that full moon in Pisces at the last degree of Libra, kind of inviting us to think back to 1982, 83, and what was going on then, because the story kind of repeats. And then we go forward full steam ahead when she dives into Aries um, and as the sun is in Taurus. So the sun is going to be entering Taurus, and then Venus goes into Aries, so everything gets really speedy. Um, So with the two planets leaving Mercury and Venus, who are personal planets, who have been kind of wandering in the ocean, (laughs) afloat and adrift with the Neptune, the lord of the ocean, all the confusion kind of falls away. We suddenly get clearer. We're suddenly like, oh, that's what's going on? Okay, now I get it. Now what that means for me is this. That means for you is that. Everybody's going to get much more assertive and much more direct in their communication and perhaps a little sharper. So what we want to do is go, oh, sharper, sharper. Now Max is going towards the phone, so we're going to be a little careful not to hit the phone and hang up on me. Thank you, Max. Um, a lot of sharper, a lot of bit of sharper tongues, okay? And, of course, last week we had the big hoo-ha with, uh, you know, with the planets all aspecting the nodes. So a lot of departures or a lot of ending energy last week where people were saying, you know, I have to leave. I got a, quite a few notices from people about people dying or passing on um, and kind of leaving this mortal coil and going off into a new direction. Um, I came back, of course, from this wonderful vibrational conference, you know, and basically I sit at my desk most days and talk to people on the phone or people come to my house. I don't generally live in germland. Uh, I don't ride the subways. I don't go to an office. Uh, I got like a wicked cold, uh, which is, you know, totally fine. I rode two airplanes and I hung out at a conference and I was snuffling and sneezing and that whole fluid thing that goes on with water. I'm pleased to say that seems to be drying up today. 
Um, and we're moving forward, right? We're having a forward motion, full steam ahead. Uh, and, of course, in New York, we had all this brouhaha about a measles outbreak and measles epidemics and you know, it's a lot of water. So now, as all these planets dry up a little and get into fire, we're going to find we're much more focused, we're much more passionate, and we're much more direct. And we're really moving forward in terms of where we're going. And, of course, last week was really interesting because of the Mercury, Neptune, Venus. There was a lot of foggy, watery energy. You know, Julian Assange was arrested from WikiLeaks. Clearly nobody warned him that it was happening as you watched him getting carried out of the Ecuadorian embassy. And, of course, it's Mercury, Neptune, Venus, so we're never going to know who pulled the protection on him, but somebody did, and it kind of got pulled away. We had the cheaters uh, go and testify, and, of course, it's Mars and Gemini. So we had two versions. One said, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to screw up my kid, and and get her, you know, I you know, I did what I did and she didn't know anything about it and I feel bad. And then the other one was like, I'm not saying I'm guilty, I'm refusing to say I'm guilty and signing autographs and people picking on her. So we're gonna watch two different ways that this goes down with the Mars and Gemini, two versions of reality. And remember, whenever Mars is in Gemini, there's always a choice. We're always facing a choice, we're always looking at a choice, there's always an option. We can do it this way or that way. And Mars is going to be in Gemini for a few more weeks. He doesn't get out of Gemini until we get into May. Um, so we're also going to be watching about our choices. He changes um, out of Gemini on May uh, 15th. Okay, So Gemini is, well, you can do it this way or that way. If you remember that scene in The Wizard of Oz where Dorothy gets to the scarecrow and she goes, you know, they told me to tell, follow the yellow brick road. And what do I do? And because the yellow brick road splits apart at the scarecrow. And he goes, well, some people go this way and some people go that way. And we're all making choices about what way we're going to go after a period of confusion. Once Mercury leaves his shadow, he hits his station point, And that happens this week. Uh, he shifts into Sagittarius, he switches into Aries on Wednesday. He clears his shadow, and he says, okay, clarity should descend upon the masses, right? And then a couple days later, on Saturday the 20th, Venus goes into Aries, leaving behind Pisces, which is, you know, she really loves being in Pisces. She's very sentimental and deeply feeling. Max, if you eat those tulips, you're going to be in big trouble. I we got tulips. I love tulips. They're beautiful. But Max seems to think that tulip leaves are his perfect treat. And then he eats them and then he vomits them up. So it's really not a, I'm going to go peel the leaves off the tulips when I finish the radio show tonight. Um, so at any rate, as Venus goes into Aries, uh, and of course the sun goes into Taurus this week, which starts us into full-blown spring, right? And when, And then right before it does, the sun and the moon have a full moon at 28 Libra, 29 Libra, which is hearkening us back to November and the spring, November of 1992, or I'm sorry, November of 1982 and the spring of 1983. So if you're older, stories from then are going to be up. Stories and feelings from then and emotions from then and stuff around that time. Now, interestingly, William Barr, of course, uh, was tied to keeping George Bush Sr. out of getting pulled into the Iran-Contra mess, right? 
he's the one that was in the White House back then, and now he's back circled back again, and now he's the head of the the Justice Department. So we can anticipate some stuff because the Iran Contra thing went down in that time frame. We can watch for the Iran Contra to surface. We can watch for some of the tricks and the techniques from Iran Contra, and in your own life, whatever was going on, if you were around in the fall of '82 and the spring of '83, that story is back up for you again where you're going to look at it and you're going to see it and you're going to go, oh, I remember that, I remember that. And that was that was a memory, that was a story, and, and what was that memory and story? So just kind of pay attention to it. And if you weren't born then, talk to your parents, because <laughs> they had something happen then, and they're repeating it. And it's about the restructuring of relationships. Now, interestingly, as we know, Saturn and Pluto are traveling together, and they're in a restructuring of relationship energy. One of my one of my students says it's kind of the boneyard of the zodiac, and it's like, well, that's a good analogy. But Saturn and Pluto is also scaffolding, and it wants to structure us. It wants to restructure us. It wants to give us a new structure or a new framework for looking at things and for understanding how things are working in our lives and in the world. So it's an important time for each of us to say, you know, my vision of the world is this. And it doesn't mean that your vision is right or wrong. It just means that your vision needs to be paid attention to a little bit and understood on some level as we're going along through it, right? You know, it's saying, oh, okay, this is this is the story. The other thing that because Saturn and Pluto are hanging out at um, – you know, kind of at the same degrees for a while. You know, we're going to watch for the images. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and she said, you know, I love it when you do the Sabian images. And I said, ooh, that's a good idea. I could throw Sabian images into the weekly report and give you, like, what the Sabian images are. So the Sabian image for the Saturn is a relay race, and the Sabian image for Pluto is a woman entering a convent. Of course, Julian Assange got hauled out of his convent, and then the Sabian image for the note of fate is two awards for bravery in war. So let's watch for those images. The, um, the Saturn and the note of fate are both on what's called the world point. And uh, they're kind of talking and they're inviting. And then we also have the image for the meeting, a meeting of the literary society. So just kind of watch for meetings of groups of people. Watch for that energy and how it unfolds. Um, we also have the imagery of a huge in a huge tent, a famous revivalist conducts a meeting. So just watch for imagery like that as we're working with the energy of the world this week. Uh, and the other one would be steps up to a lawn blooming with clover. So kind of pay attention how the stories unfold, how you see them, how they answer, how they dance in your life, how they dance in the world. And last but not least, a chubby boy on a hobby horse. So kind of think of those images, and, you know, we'll kind of play around with Sabian, adding some Sabian imagery into the weekly weather so you can go, yes, that imagery came forward, I saw it. Or, no, I have no idea what she's talking about, and that seems very weird that she's saying this. But I talked to someone today, and they were like, drawing the images of it and you know kind of like a tarot deck or kind of a profound energy experience so honoring the energy of the imagery in your life of course neptune is in pisces 
So he wants us to play along with the Pisces imagery, and Mercury and Venus are at the last degrees of Pisces, so they're at what are called the anoretic degrees this week. So they have a giant shout-out because they're wrapping up an entire zodiac cycle, and they're kicking it into full steam into the next energy of spring and new beginnings. One of the things we did this week, and I, I do want to say this in the radio because I think it's really brilliant. If you get to New York, or you live in New York, there's a Broadway show opening next week called Hades Town. Now, I like to go to the theater, so I have a lot of um, theater people mailing me, you know, advance tickets for this or that or the other thing. And I love, I love theater. It's really cool. You know, I went to see King Kong a couple months ago when it opened, although I closed my eyes when he got shot, you know, because I didn't want to watch the sad part. And King Kong died at the end. Well, this one is Hades Town, and it is, it's been around for a while. Um, it's been in a few regional theaters, and then it was at New York Theater Workshop, and then it was in England, and now it's opening on Broadway. And it's really good. It's the story of Hades and Persephone, the Lord of the Underworld, and Orpheus and Eurydice, who, of course, you know, were a young couple that were separated tragically. And, of course, Mercury, you know, he's the narrator because Mercury can lead the souls to the underworld and bring them back out. So this week, my assistant, Kate, was her, was her last week, and so Wednesday... What I usually do as an outing for the staff is we go to see a theater. So we've seen, you know, there was a great Joan of Arc down at Joe Papp's Theater a couple years ago. We go to different shows over the years. So this week, this year, we picked Hades Town, and of course, it ended up being Kate's last day. So it was very sentimental, and of course, the descent into the underworld and the ending of things, and the and the coming back up and the revival of spring. And Mercury giving this, you know, like it's a tragedy. You know, Orpheus lost Eurydice, and, you know, life is sad, and life is hard, and life is this. And then Persephone pops up from the underworld, and she goes, but spring comes again. And so it was it was really a great show, and it's opening, and I really encourage people to go see it, especially all of you astrology people. It has a great cast album. Uh, and, you, you know, let me tell you, you're going to be singing the song. I've got the song, we're building a wall, we're building a wall. <laughs> and the devil, or Hades, he's not called the devil in the show, he has a tattoo of bricks on his arm. You know, building a wall, we're keeping the building a wall. Why are we building the wall, my children, my children? We're building the wall to keep them out. What are we keeping out? We're keeping out poverty. We're building a wall to keep, it was really good. The whole place was rocking. So um, I totally recommend it. But it also was a lot about the death and the renewal. And with planets at the last degrees of Pisces, we may have a few passings, a few people leaving that we go, oh, no, no, not them. No, not them. But it's an ending time. You know, it's the ending of winter, the beginning of spring, the beginning of the bloom of spring. But because stuff is in the last degrees and because Saturn and Pluto are dancing with the nodes of fate, you know, it's it's also an energetically tired time for folks. So we may find some people kind of going, you know, I, I, I just can't do it anymore. i got to go now. I have to go and meet some friends of mine and some that I don't know. And, and, and again, back to the songs. Sing the songs of your life. Sing the songs that inspire you. Um, you go see musicals, you know, support theater, <laughs> and just really connect with your inner muse. Because with Neptune so active this month, and uh, with Jupiter stationing in, in Sagittarius, which is the vision for our future, and with the North Node in Cancer asking us, what I want to grow? What do you want to grow? What do you want to create? And what do you need to do? To, what do you need to move to create things? 
right? That's the important energy of this of this new, of this next week. And forward we go. So let's talk about the moons. So the moons this week, uh, we're right now we're in a Leo moon. It goes void tonight around nine thirty-eight with the trine to the sun. Um, and then it goes into Virgo bright and early tomorrow morning at 6.14 on the 15th, Monday the 15th. And it's in Virgo Monday, Tuesday, and then it has a separating aspect to um, Venus. So Mercury opposite Venus, Mercury says, Maroon says to Venus, bye-bye, and Venus says, bye-bye, and she's in, of course, she's in Pisces. And um, and she's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm finished with you, I'm ready, I'm ready for you to leave and and go away and not bother me. And Mercury goes into Aries uh, kind of at the same time. So there's a lot of energy of bye-bye, got to go, got to go, as the moon opposes Venus and Mercury and kind of kicks up, kicks up the energy in the heavens. Um, we also have the after the moon goes void in Virgo, it's 7.22 in the morning on Wednesday the 17th. Again, these are East Coast times. It goes into Libra, and it's in Libra on Wednesday and Thursday, and it goes void at 7.12 in the morning with an opposition to the sun. It goes void on the full moon. And that full moon, again, as I mentioned, is at the degree of the Saturn-Pluto station from 1982, November of 82, November of 80, uh, spring of 83. And so that's going to evoke those stories. Now, interestingly, when that Saturn-Pluto aspect was happening, um, that's when my mother got diagnosed with colon cancer, and she died on April 17th, the day before my father's um, 54th birthday. And his birthday is this week on the 18th. So I'm kind of curious how this is going to play out, because it's like, geez, there's mom, there's dad, there's the gang. And so that's this week. So kind of just watch for that story and how it shows up. Then the moon is void just a little bit in the morning, and it goes into Scorpio at 8.40 a.m. on Friday morning, and it's in Scorpio the tw- all day the 20th, Saturday the 20th, and it goes void on the 20th with a sextile to uh, Pluto. Okay, So the moon goes void in Scorpio, sextiling Pluto and Cap. So Friday and Saturday have a lot of energy around creative stuff because it's in Scorpio. And then we go into Easter, right? Easter is um, Sunday the uh, 21st. So the moon is void 11.59 Easter Saturday, you know, right before midnight on Saturday. And then it goes into Sagittarius bright and early, well, not really bright and early, at 11.49 on Sunday morning. And the moon goes into Sag, so it's void midnight, midnight to uh, 11, 12 hours, and enters Sag Sunday morning, the 21st, and it's in Sag Sunday, Monday the 22nd, and then it goes void with a conjunction to Jupiter on the 23rd, on Tuesday the 23rd. So moon and Sag joins Jupiter, so that's a nice easy one. So the first part of the week, when the Virgo moon and the Libra moon are taking place, we're letting things go. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're bringing new things in that are really part of what we want to grow next. So kind of think of the week that way. The Virgo moon is like what habits are you letting go, what routines and rituals, what stuff have you been doing that isn't feeding yourself. And then the Libra moon is what relationships are you letting go, what ones don't really work, what ones work for you but maybe not as nicely as you would like. And then the Scorpio moon and the Sag moon are, okay, what's the new beginning? What's the vision look like? Where are we going, right? So that's the energy for the week. 
Um, and also when you're, you know, when you're looking at these energies, kind of think of them as continuation energies. They're continuing an ongoing story because Mercury is at the last degree of Pisces and Venus is at the last degrees of Pisces. And so they're both kind of wrapping up stuff and um, kind of saying, well, that, you know, that chapter's over, right? And you're like, really? It's over? And they're like, uh-huh. New stuff coming. And then the sun goes into Taurus bright and early at 4.55 a.m. on the Scorpio moon on the 20th. And, um, of course, sun in, sun in Taurus, moon in Scorpio is a very fertile, very fertile spring season with a bit of water because it's, you know, Scorpio moon. But it is a fertile time, so kind of watch that as a growing energy. In terms of the week aspects, which which part of the weeks are a little stressful, um, you know, on the 16th, the moon in Virgo trines uh, Saturn and Pluto. So that's fertile, but also ending things or saying, you know, that's kind of finished. And then the moon squares Saturn and Pluto on Thursday the 18th, which is a lot of kind of emotional letting go of stuff. And then, of course, the full moon kicks us into the story from uh, the 1982, if you were around then, and if not, it kicks you into uh, what are the structures of the relationships you want to have, and then there's a forward motion with the sun entering Taurus around fertility, abundance, and expansion. So it's a nice, busy week with three planets changing signs and the full moon, um, and so uh, you know those are kind of your stressful. Uh, Friday on the full moon is a little more emotionally wrought. Uh, because the moon is going to, even though it's full in the morning, it's going to whip right into Scorpio. And Scorpio is kind of intense, but it's intense in a way that says, yeah, I'm intense for a reason. You know, there's a reason for me to be intense. So kind of honor that. So this week, the sun is running from 24 Aries through 3 Taurus, with the shift on uh, the 20th into Taurus at 5 in the morning, 4.55. So first up, it has a trine to Jupiter, and it says, okay, let's get some stuff going. It has a nice sextile to Juno, in indicating it wants to partner in kind of a new way, and that's going to happen on the 19th. Going to discuss some partnerships. And then it also has a, it has a relationship with Uranus on the 21st and the 22nd. On the 21st, by declination, it joins Uranus. And then on the 22nd, it conjuncts Uranus, Sun and Uranus conjunct, which happens once a year, but this is the first time since Uranus has been in Taurus, which it just went into last May, um, that the Sun and Uranus have met. So this initiates the new eight-year growth cycle. So kind of take time with the Sun-Uranus on the 22nd. Um, That's going to happen around 7.06 p.m. That's on next Monday morning. Um, Kind of take some time on Monday night. Uh, 7.06 p.m. is night, on the 22nd to kind of do, okay, what is it I want to grow for the next eight years? And, of course, we have the full moon, we have the sun in Virgo, or I'm sorry, the sun in Taurus, and then we have a nice little juicy little uh, moon in Sag, which is all about abundant growth. So I would take some time next Monday, uh, the 22nd. It is Earth Day, um, a lot of Earth Day celebrations around the Earth. How are we going to help the Earth grow? Um, And for you, what do you want to grow in your own life in the Taurus house? Uh, This also harkens back to August, what we had going on last mid-August when you might have stopped a story that was starting and now you're ready to go forward full steam ahead. 
Mercury is, of course, as we mentioned, in the last degrees of Pisces. He has a square to relationships where he's kind of saying, are we going to do this or not? And if we're not, then I'm out of here. He enters Aries. Uh, He goes from 26 Pisces to 6 Aries. He, um, He enters Aries on the 17th at 2 in the morning. And right off the bat, he has a little argument with uh, Eris and with Uranus. And so he's, and that's going to happen on the 18th, where he kind of is like, you know what? You know, this is not really working for me, or this is working for me, and it needs to look like this if you want me to stay. So it's got a directness and a a little bit of combativeness. Then Mercury also has an aspect to Saturn in the south node on the 19th, which is kind of a, um, pushing us into a new direction. And Mercury joins Chiron on uh, the 19th, which gives us an opportunity to address some old wounds. Remember, Chiron's in Aries and Mercury's in Aries. So this can be some head stuff, some head wound energy or some wounds around the head. So if you're having any big headaches or anything like that or any unexpected pain, because it's Mercury-Chiron, get your butt to the doctor. Um Mercury also is contraparallel Venus because he's on one side of the uh, equator and she's on the other, and so they're having a little bit of an, a little bit of a snafu, and not a bad one, but they're just kind of you know he's moved into Aries and she's still in Pisces and you know and he's kind of like well move along and she's kind of like I'm not ready yet you know so don't be impatient with folks who aren't really quite ready yet or who are feeling really sentimental and maybe a little teary. Um, because, you know, Mercury and Venus are in, you know, even though they normally get along, right now Mercury is zipping ahead and Venus is not going quite so fast. Um, Venus this week goes, uh, she's in the last degrees of Pisces, so she goes from 23 Pisces to two and a half Aries. So she has a sextile to Pluto, which is a lot of relationship, connection, and communication, and value. And she also has a little bit of a squabble with Eris around, you know, how are we going to proceed? Because she wants to be a little more polite than Eris does. And she also has a square to Jupiter, which is a little bit of an overdoing on the 15th. So that's kind of like overdoing, overspending. And, of course, that's tax day where everybody's finding out they're not getting as much money back or they have to pay more in taxes, Venus square Jupiter. And our government has its annual big hit of money coming in. So Venus square Jupiter, lovely aspect on the 15th. Um, and then Venus, as she is at the last degrees of Pisces, she has a square to Juno on the 20th on on uh, next Saturday, where she's a little bit in a little bit in a little bit of a huff, and she's kind of like, I don't know that I want to do this with you anymore. And then shortly after that, she goes into Aries. So there can be breakups this week because Mercury is talking about it on the 14th and then Venus is doing it on the 20th, right? So kind of watch for where people are saying, you know, I don't, this really isn't important for you or maybe you shouldn't really focus on this. And you're kind of like, but I kind of think I should. And they're kind of like, no, you don't really have to. And they're kind of like, but I kind of think I should. So just kind of watch for that energy. And then uh, as she enters Aries, she quickly has the aspect to Uranus, but it's an inconjunct. It's a blind, It's not an inconjunct. It's a semi-sextile, which feels a little like an inconjunct, a little bit of an adjustment. You know, Uranus is in Taurus and Venus is in Aries, so it's kind of like, I always think of this as the underwear elastic isn't really working. And you know how you put on the underwear and the elastic's a little worn and you keep hiking the stuff up? That's the 20th, the 22nd. Mars this week you know, just not quite fitting. Uh, Mars this week is opposite series, uh, and he is at 13 Gemini through, um, 
Let's see where he goes through, because he doesn't have many aspects this week. It's much more, you know, like chatting about things or saying what we're going to do. So Mars is uh, 13 Gemini through um, 15. So uh, he's kind of giving us uh, giving us a bit of a argument about stuff. Or, you know, like, well, maybe you should do it this, maybe you should do it that. He's not particularly decisive. But once Mercury shifts into Aries... On Wednesday, he's going to get more decisive, but Venus isn't decisive yet. So they're both going to, you know, kind of think a little bit like, well, I'm ready to do this. Well, I'm not. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and you can catch up with me or, okay, I'll wait for you, but don't be cranky when you're waiting, right, because they're not quite ready to go yet. So it's a, you know, different speeds month, week. So Mars, opposite Ceres, kicks us off into kind of a new direction. And then Mars has a biquintile to both Saturn and the south node on the 22nd. And that's important because what that does, that's next Monday. And that's very much, as he builds up to the biquintile, he builds up to releasing some structures that aren't really working for you. And he's saying, we don't really need that anymore. And so we feel Mars on the approach. So he releases it next Monday, uh, the 22nd, but he builds up to it this week. And then Neptune this week uh, is in an inconjunct to Athena, which often is, I, you know, I thought that was what we were going to do. And Athena goes, no, I changed my mind. Or, oh, you know, it looked like a good deal, but now we're going to think maybe a little differently because I'm, in, I'm going backwards and I'm in Libra, and I'm maybe not interested as much. So kind of don't take it personally if people kind of drift away. It's not personal. It's just they're drifting. Pluto, of course, has a hard aspect to the nodes on the 18th. He dives into the south node by declination. Last week he dove in by aspect, but this week he dives in by declination. So watch for big releases on the 18th. And then Vesta is parallel Eris, so a little cranky crabby on the 18th. And then Juno enters Cancer for a new partnership, a new relationship, a new bonding on the 20th. So we're in kind of this mode for a forward motion, full steam ahead, let's go do things, let's partner, let's create. But we're still, still releasing. So honor the releasing energy. Um, I'm going to be uh, speaking in Buffalo and Lilydale in June and in Canada, Toronto, the second week in June in a Mapping Your Life workshop, uh, which is really fun. It's a two-day workshop. We, get a lot of, we have a lot of great time. And then the information is posted on my website. And also, only a couple weeks till Tuscany. Not too late to get your ticket. Um, we're, we're planning. We're getting the printing done. Movement is happening. I'm, like, really excited. We booked the trips. Well, I mean, I have the airfare, but I pulled out the passport today, and I was, okay, what else do I need to do? And I was making my list of things to bring. So I'm wishing you all a glorious spring and a new adventure beginning now in your life as these planets enter the sign of spring with a hop, skip, and a jump, and they're really on it. So wishing you a great week. And if people are leaving your life this week, it's their best vision of how they want to be. And just bless them and thank them and be grateful for their time in your life and what all they've contributed. Lots of love. Ann Ortley signing off from the bright red desk where I'm now going to go dance with my cat who ate the tulips and did vomit up some tulip leaves on the floor as he is wont to do. Now I'm going to go script those tulips of their leaves 
they'll still be pretty, but they're not going to feed Max uh, tulip leaves to vomit anymore. So have a great day and big hugs and take care. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.